Hello, my name is Dr. Jacqueline and I'm with DTV Leadership Group. And this is pod- podcast that's called Hot Topic, Bold Talk. And I'm going to be doing podcast 55B. It's kind of a continuation of what I did in 55 itself. I'm going to ask you a question because I meet a lot of people that have this same issue. Are you afraid of speaking out when something socially unjust occurs that you feel uncomfortable with? Well, tonight the podcast is going to be about me and as a white um, female activist, what do I do to prepare myself? And then how do I decide I'm going to speak out on something um, so that I can get my voice heard and uh, make certain that at least someone addresses something that occurs that harm someone or helps or really uh, is hurtful to another human being. So in podcast 55, I described my journey to social justice. And I said I have many more stories to tell you about how I became an activist and how I speak out. So So this particular podcast is about the thoughts and feelings and experience I have as I prepare to determine my next action when something really dreadful occurs. Or it's hurtful. Activism to me is a place where I get no accolades for speaking out. Because what I need to be doing is I believe all white people need to know a lot more about the other groups, the people of color, and be able to stand firm when another group is uh, not treated with respect. And so I know as an activist, I don't expect any thank yous. I just simply want to be sure that I stand firm with my um, people of color groups. And it's, it's been really important for me to continue to look deeply inside of myself and see what more I need to do to join other people and organizations to take stands to really eradicate the minimization of any group in our country. Some of the specific things I do when something hateful or something harmful happens is that I go through a number of questions that I ask myself to get clear where I am. My first question is, what is it that I know from my past work of providing cultural competence in social justice work, and how can it fit into this particular event? Two, what do I need to be aware of in the current situation? And three, what more do I need to know to be clear about how I will act in this current situation? And in four, my fourth question is, What am I learning that asks me to see what I need to change to be more effective? So how am I going to speak to people or how am I going to write about it or put it in a podcast to do something with it? And then how do I support others to take action? Because I'll have my friends call me and say, what are you going to do about this? How are you going to write about this? Because I would like to address it with someone. And so let me know what you're doing so I'll know what to do myself. Now, one of the worst things I can do as a uh, Caucasian female is when I I've see, and unfortunately I've seen many white people do this, 
uh, is rushed to speak about the injustices and spout out all kinds of emotional outrage and then do nothing to realize what actions they need to take. Racism is a part of each of our organizations and the, pro and the procedures that occur in our countries. We see it in, this, in the justice system. We see it in housing. We see it everywhere. It is detrimental to each of our citizens, and it can affect the organizational effectiveness in the global market. And there's some studies I've seen that are very clear about that. When another crime does occur, this is what I find myself doing that's most helpful. I write down, I first pause and breathe, and then I write down my feelings and my thoughts about what's happening, and then I process through those feelings and thoughts, and then I ask me, ask myself, what is the next right, right action I can take? I often read a lot. I read and read and read articles and see what other people are saying about it. And how is it connected with racism or how is it connected with sexism or some other, you know, other ism? And what are the actions people are suggesting we take? And the reason I read is I believe it is not the responsibility of my African-American friends or other persons of color to spend time educating me. It is my responsibility to read, seek resources and search myself to what I, what I find out what I really need to do. Because they need the time to gather together to speak, to name their feelings, to go through the process of working toward healing after they've lost someone in their community through death or they've been harmed. After doing all the readings and spending time, I often search out and talk with friends. And these are some of the things that I have come up with over the years. I had a friend that was a uh, film producer and did a film on Colorado County, which is in Texas. And it depicts in five minutes what has been happening in America. And in this film, it depicts what also happens still today in our country. Because it was made many years ago. The film itself is really clear and somewhat disturbing because there's no music, there's no vocal comments, but there are pictures of hangings. And so it certainly addresses the issues that we see in our history about racism. And in this short film, I can really see the significant devaluation of a group. When I watch the film, it helps me realize how any citizen in the United States needs to matter to you and also me. My reasons for telling you this story about the film is it reminds me of the other experiences I've had with persons of color. African-American women I talk to often tell me that they cannot trace their lineage of their family like we as whites can, since many slave owners did not consider it important to keep records on their slaves and what happened to them. And I think what is most disturbing for me is when members of my own race do not realize that having a 
police officer or someone taking very physical action against a person of color and then getting other people to support them really minimizes the rights of those human beings and they are no longer human beings. So I'll admit I was not surprised after the death of George Floyd because I think the emotional statements and the violence we saw and also the peaceful marches were a way to deal with the hurtful experiences that had occurred. Because I think there comes a time where people can no longer tolerate death or harm done to someone. And so they need to speak out against the social injustice. But these are some of the things I've realized in the work I do. Because I do a lot of work around cultural competency, around the value of diversity, but how to be inclusive with all members of an organization, how to create some kind of equity equity for all people that are working in an organization. Years ago, I did what we call civil disobedient programs. I don't do them anymore because basically what we were doing was in a half a day telling people what not to say and what to say. And I don't think that's acceptable as a program for diversity and educating people about diversity and diverse workforces. I also know that Organizations set up policies to prevent discrimination, and certainly it's valuable. There is a problem, though, when the staff never goes through a program that addresses the underlying thoughts, feelings, behaviors, attitudes they have, and beliefs they had that need to be changed in order to move to a place where racism can be addressed or any other ism. And having a diversity or cultural competency program to meet the agreement for a government contract leads to providing a lightweight program. And organizations do not need this kind of program. We're feeling, we're feeling, you know, what they're trying to do is to avoid or avoid having their employees have feelings about a situation. What I know is organizations need to be prepared to address various events that occur so they can support their employees with being able to process through the feelings that arise for them, have a discussion, and find ways to have a resolution and understanding ways that we can talk with each other about some of these difficult things. Program, you know, programs that are not helpful are when Companies do not have the skills and know-how uh, know to provide diversity programs. Rather, what they do is they find some written design that doesn't quite fit their organization, and we call that in my profession diversity in a box. And what happens is a lot of the time the staff do not get anything from the program, and then they're grumbling about how this doesn't work when they really just didn't get a program that was valuable. The reason I gave you these examples is I walked into many companies where they don't want to spend the money to really do an excellent job. I don't think they understand that we live in an economy that's global, whether their particular company is or not. If they step out of their comfort zone, challenge themselves, 
and develop an environment that fosters diversity, they, then they will tap into the cultural and really creative process that we see in diverse teams and diverse workforces. And then we can truly compete in the global market. And thank goodness, I also walk into companies that are very interested in doing this kind of work. And they spent the last 10 years really developing diversity and equity and inclusion programs that motivate their employees and really support them to think about the various different ways they can be creative and helpful to each other. And I believe we can support community members in our cities, in our county, and create an attitude of social responsibility, which truly heightens the morale of employees and helps our communities. Now, at DTP Leadership, we believe that diversity starts with an emotional connection. We have to accept that we may have disappointed someone or harmed them in some way by a comment we made because we didn't have experience and knowledge about that particular thing we did. And it doesn't, and it has created some harm or disappointment in one of the employees that is a person of color. By helping program attendees that we have in our programs, they connect with each other through the um, various exercises. And this allows them to see a person beyond what they may see normally in their daily life. And they can begin to care about an individual and learn from there. Because once we care about somebody, we're open to learning from them. And once people connect to each other, we have the chance to have a future where we create a world in which the workforce is more diverse, individuals celebrate their differences and feel comfortable about being surrounded by difference. In the upcoming podcast, I will go into more detail about what I think Caucasians can do to stand up and speak out. I think we have to be responsible to speak out when we see person of color groups or individuals being treated inappropriately. And what I think happens is when we do that, then we have a way to look at what keeps us in our denial sometimes, but we can also see how we can unite with other groups and create a different experience in our country. I feel appreciative of the number of white males that I know that have spent years looking at their own white male privilege and having a way of educating themselves about what they think is most beneficial about white privilege. And then all of a sudden, as they begin to learn what white privilege is, which I'll be covering in the next podcast, they see the, de the, the detriment that it has done to them because they have not created a community of people that can enrich their lives by the, all the differences that can happen with a diverse group of people. 
So what I've seen them do is like me, they become committed to bridge the gap between groups and find the essence of what each group has to offer and many other things that I believe can help all of us to move together to take the steps necessary to remove racism or any other derogatory thought, pattern, or action from the fabric of America, which is very diverse. Thank you for listening to Podcast 55B, and I would really appreciate knowing what you learned about it through the um, poll that I have, and I hope you will listen to 57 and learn more about what we can do to make a difference in our country.